Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Visit the Northeast of Scotland podcast with me, your host, Jacqueline Vandenacker. In today's episode, we're speaking with David McGovern, who is passionate about supporting small villages along the northeast coastal route to become thriving communities for residents and visitors alike. David moved up to Aberdeenshire from Somerset several years ago and chose the unique village of Cullen to become his family home. He wears multiple hats in his work life, having spent several years working within tourism and currently as the project officer for the Town Centre Development Project. David shares with us the various challenges small coastal communities face and the efforts to support each community to become a great place to live. He also reveals some of his favourite places to visit in the northeast of Scotland. Good morning, David, and thank you for inviting me to visit you here in Peterhead. We're looking forward to speaking to you today about the northeast coast of Aberdeenshire. I understand that you're working currently as a project officer for the town centres, particularly here in Peterhead. Could you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, no, of course. Um, My role, I mean, I I work for Aberdeenshire Council and I work in the economic development team. Um, So I work for Regeneration And basically, back in 2013, the Scottish Government came up with a town centre action plan and and kind of recognising the importance of having thriving town centres that benefit the local community, business, kind of everything that you could think of for a town to try and make sure that towns are viable and thriving and and that people can do the best that they can do within those towns and have all the opportunities that are available to them. So... From an Aberdeenshire point of view, the council adopted uh, what's called a town centre first principle, which means that decisions that are being made in any service right across the council have to take into account the impact that decisions or things that the council will do. Well, you know, what is the impact of that decision on the town centre? So the town centres are a really important part of Aberdeenshire and the, the kind of, if you like, the beating heart of each of the towns. And it's kind of the, the focal point. It's where most of the businesses are. The, you know, people meet, people spend their leisure time. Within that, the council set up four re- or have identified four regeneration towns, which are Banff, Macduff, Fraserburgh and Peterhead. And each of the four towns has got its own regeneration plan. Um, which has kind of been put together with consultation from community groups, education, business, everything that you can think of to try and see what are the challenges in each of the towns and what could we put into place to overcome those challenges and make the towns even better than they already are. So my role is really to help with projects under that kind of very, very broad, you know, agenda. It's, yeah. a, it's a massive, a massive thing. And each of the towns are different. So what's required in each of the towns is different from each other. It's not kind of a one size fits all approach. No, because each, each town along that coastline will have its, like you say, its own challenges. Mm-hmm. You will need to tailor make each plan for those communities. Yes. And I think it, it's, but that's the key thing about it. It really is about the people in the community and the people that live there. It's not about trying to force something onto a town that doesn't want it or doesn't need it or it, it's not irrelevant. It, it, 
it's got to be you bring people along with you and you know that's why consultation and that ongoing link and dialogue with people as as we move through these plans is so important. So what are some of the challenges that these communities are facing? If you imagine a map of the northeast of Scotland, a lot of services like shops and, and facilities will have moved into slightly larger towns. So that could be, for example, Elgin or Inverness or coming down to Aberdeen. Yeah. What kind of projects are are each of these towns looking for? I think the point you've picked up there is really important is that a lot of the towns, you know, we're maybe an hour's distance or drive from Aberdeen. You've got Elgin and then obviously Inverness as well. So I suppose what we're trying to do is to maintain the towns or grow them and develop them. And you don't want it to be that everything ends up moving out of the towns and just being in the cities because then if that's what happens everybody who lives in those towns is either commuting a long way to those cities or ultimately will leave and Mm -hmm. relocate somewhere else it's it's very much trying to find I suppose appropriate projects or business sectors or skills or support whatever it might be for that town so if you look at peterhead we've got the port that's a massive part of the economy of peterhead whether it's fishing servicing the oil and gas there's so much going on there so peterhead wouldn't want to lose that to another scottish port or another uk port so it's what interventions can be made as opposed to to support that and i think you know a lot of people say well fraserburgh's a long way from places but where is it a long way from if you're in fraserburgh you're in Fraserburgh and it's yeah. there. So if that's either where you were born or bred, you would want everything in life that you could find there. So you would want employment, you would want leisure, you'd want to be able to go out and eat and drink, shop, what yeah. have you. You wouldn't, for these towns to be viable, there has to be, I suppose, there's that basic level of provision or services mm-hmm. so that you're not constantly, right, I've got to go in the car or get on the bus and go to Aberdeen to get my food shopping or, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. So... And I think a lot of it as well, it, it's about making people, like, because I've moved up here from Somerset, so I'm not from here. And I, I love this part of the world. And unless we were asked to leave, I would never move away now. Yeah. So I see the towns maybe differently because I wasn't born and bred here. But I think they're wonderful towns and that's why we've moved up here. But a lot of people who are, are from here maybe don't always see all the positives it's easy to see maybe the more negative side of things and you know change does take a while so it's just trying I guess to work through all of that. And you've chosen to settle to quite the far north of Aberdeenshire as well how did you come up to the Cullen area? Uh, We had family who lived in Bucky so we'd been coming up on holiday for about the past well it was uh, probably about 10-15 years and every time we came up I kept saying wouldn't it be nice if the next time we came up was to live here and never thought it would happen and then our circumstances changed and we just took the plunge and it was only I suppose the kind of Bucky area or was because we had the family there and that's what we knew and then we ended up in Cullen because that's where we found there was a house to rent and, mm-hmm. and the rest was history so yeah. So with your work with Aberdeenshire Council most of it is centred around Peterhead Can you give us an example of some of the projects that you've been doing as part of the regeneration programme? Yeah, um, I think that one of the key things, I mean, I suppose the regeneration plan covers the whole town of Peterhead or Bamford and Duff-Fraserburgh as well. But one of the key things is about the town centre and how do we support the town centre? You know, there's a growing trend for people to shop online. Do we have vacant premises here? How do we fill redundant buildings? How do we 
a lot of it is about how do we maintain the footfall so how many people are coming to the town I suppose with regeneration or anything or if you're trying to secure funding you always need data and information and be able to to prove things so having that footfall helps but really the projects for the town centre is it's about this creating this thriving beating heart or further developing that so some of the projects I'm working on it's about things like the Peterhead Trail which is a self-guided tour around uh, Peterhead and I suppose for people to learn and understand more about the history of the town but the idea with the trail which has been in existence for um, five six years now is actually to get people to come to the town it's to give people a reason it's to make them park if they've come by car get out of the car walk Mm -hmm. around the town visit the different information boards but then what we hope on the back of that as well as learning about the history of peterhead they'll actually go into the shops they'll have a cup of tea they might stay for lunch or it, it might inspire them to come back and stay in the peterhead area in the future for a holiday so some of the projects it, it is very much tourism related and how do we get more people back into the town we've done a series of new town center map panels at the three main car parks in the town so when people get here they know what's in the town mm-hmm. they know where to go you know and I, I suppose one of the the really key projects at the moment is about um redundant empty buildings that are sat with no use there are either for sale or for lease so there's a marketing campaign that's about to begin called invest in peterhead which is promoting all these different empty buildings there's been a lot of work done to show what sort of uses they could be put to um what the planning requirements are things like that so if we can begin to find new uses for these buildings that's going to help to support the town centre because you don't want it to be that everything moves out of town Mm -hmm. everybody lives out of town Mm -hmm. and the town centre is kind of this quiet nothing happening kind of thing and we've got you know over 200 businesses in the town centre so there's there's so much here yeah. but it's it's trying to support that as well as attracting new things or new businesses in as well the peterhead town trail are there any interesting bits of historical information that you could share with us <laughs> there's a question um i think the interesting thing with the the trail is it it's it's about the history of the town and i suppose the key thing or certainly my real interest in it is about the port and the harbour, Peterhead Prison, you know, the breakwaters and the, and the story about why the prison is here and the prisoners were quarrying the stone to build the breakwaters to make this kind of safe refuge for ships and boats. And, you know, it's it's the interesting thing with the town trail is it takes you round. So when you read the panels, they're telling you about... So each panel, wherever it's located in the town, is telling you the story of that specific site. So if you're at the harbour, it's telling you all about the history of the harbour and, you know, what's happened and, and, for example, like with the fishing industry. But the great thing with the trail is actually you're then stood reading all of that or seeing it in the here and now. So you're learning about the history of that specific site, but actually you're then seeing what that site is today. So if you're stood by the port, it's still the port, but you're like it blows me away when I'm stood there, those massive oil supply ships and they've got a mm-hmm. helipad on the front yeah. and some of the massive trawlers you know people a lot of people think that the fishing industry is dead and there's nothing going on but you know peterhead is one of the largest fishing ports and these trawlers that are coming in are just unbelievable and if you get to go to the fish market and and see that side of things happening so to me i think it, it that's where the interest is with the trail it yes it's telling you about the history but then you're stood here today looking at the here and now or if there's new developments happening 
you're seeing that happen as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. And there's all sorts of stories about personalities and, you know, interesting characters over the years in Peterhead. And I think a lot of it now, some of it is quite... You, you might think it's quite shocking compared to, you know, our modern life and we live relatively genteel lives compared to yeah. stuff that went on. But it's it's absolutely worth people coming here to do the trail and we're working to extend it and link it up to the prison museum as well so that we can encourage the visitors who've come to Peterhead Prison Museum hopefully to come into the town centre. We're putting in some new panels at different locations to kind of create that link. So that'll be really right. good. With each podcast, I also do a blog post. And I know there's been a, a very good video done by Kim Grant on the yes, Peterhead Trail. Yes, we that, yeah. So I'll put a link to the video on our blog post page as oh, well fantastic. as some of the other businesses and opportunities that are mentioned in the podcast so that if somebody wants to find out more information, they yeah. can visit that blog post. And that, I think that was the great thing because everything is about social media these days. And, um, you know, I've seen the work that Kim's done on other projects and that was why we approached her to say, would you come... And then she's put her own spin on it as well. And she's picked out the different bits. You know, we were quite open with what we just wanted her to cover the trail and, and help to promote it in the history of Peterhead. But she, we weren't, we didn't, I suppose, stipulate exactly, or oh, you need to cover this, this and this. So it's been really interesting to see that. And there's some really nice comments from people yeah. who've watched it that even people from the town who didn't know thing so I think that's the thing with the trail it's just as much about local people learning about their own town and if you're not born and bred from here you won't know any of those stories so yeah. actually by doing the trail you can learn a bit more yeah it's nice even for people who have been here a long time it's easy to forget what's what's actually on your doorstep yeah and I think that's true with tourism I think so much that if you live somewhere, you could always do it. So, like in Blackpool, lots of people have never been up Blackpool Tower or, or in Paris up the Eiffel Tower because it's always there. They could always do it, and but they don't do it. And yeah. it, it's trying to find that, that I don't know, inspiration or spark of something that will trigger that person to actually become interested and, and, and visit it. So yeah. Now, people from the Northeast will sometimes refer to Peterhead as the Blue Toon. Yes. Do we know why that's the case? Yeah, this all relates, um, again, it's back to the, the fishing industry and it, it relates to the clothing and particularly the socks that um, the fishermen wore and they had this blue colour and um, there was a special pattern on it and they were hand knitted um, and the pattern was unique to Peterhead and that's what, you know, they wore and, and that's kind of because of the blue, that's where the blue team <sighs> came from. You mentioned that you're in Cullen, and from your work history information and, and the research that I did, uh, I reported that you are the chairperson at the moment of the Cullen Voluntary Tourist Association. Yes. What kind of projects are the tourist association involved in in Cullen? I suppose the key thing really is is just providing that general support, advice, information to the tourism businesses in Cullen. Um, the tourist group was set up, I mean, I think it's about 20 years ago, so long before my time of being in Cullen. And really it was just to support the industry. Um, and one of the first projects that was set up was a seasonal tourist office, um, which is in the uh, ground floor of the town hall 
in Cullen, and that's been running, I think, for 20 years now, um, just manned by volunteers. And, and as you would expect from a tourist office, it's got all the different tourist information you could ever want for the whole of the area. And again, it's providing that face-to-face help and support. So we get visitors coming in there who are, a lot of them are just touring around Scotland or appear to be hoping to do Scotland in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the people, you'll, they'll come in in the morning and you'll say, where have you come from? And they'll have driven up that morning from Edinburgh and they're in Cullen at 10 and then where are you oh we're we're going to Sky tonight and we'll be um, in the borders tomorrow or something and you're like well you're not you're you're not going to see anything you're just you know literally driving so we run the annual Cullen Skink World Championships um, which takes place every year so that's a fantastic project to be involved with and is all about celebrating everything about Cullen Skink and raising the profile but trying to always tie it back to Cullen because a lot of people have heard of Cullen Skink but don't know there's a place called Cullen and yeah, you know yeah. so obviously we like to take ownership of that and very proud of of that and I suppose as well a lot of it is just working with other organizations like Visit Scotland, Visit Murray Speyside, Visit Aberdeenshire um, so we will try and link in where we can with what they're doing and provide content or um, share what they're doing. And this year we've um, managed from Visit Scotland to get some emergency funding to keep our tourist initiative going because of COVID. And we've also successfully applied to the Scottish Government. Um, they released a town centre fund back in June, mm-hmm. which is administered by Scotland's Towns Partnership. So we've secured £5,000 from that initiative to fund different things in Cullen from COVID signage, new picnic benches, um, gazebos so that for some of the cafes that don't have enough indoor space, their customers could go and sit outside in mm-hmm. all weathers. Um, and we've secured some money to redo our website and a bit of marketing for Cullen. So it's just everything and anything to do with tourism. Yeah. And I think this year has, I suppose, knocked everybody for six. But to be able to get that funding and if we didn't have our group and you know, a properly constituted group and a bank account and all the rest of it, we would have never been able to secure that funding. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's one thing that people who are thinking about coming along the coastal route, what's one thing that should tempt them into stopping in Cullen? Um, well, Cullen Skink, definitely. Um, I'd get shot if I didn't say that. I suppose the other thing as well, Cullen has a very well-known ice cream shop, which always has a very big queue, and the fish and chip shop as well. But... I suppose for me, I think Cullen is very picturesque when you look at it. So you drive down the main street and we've got a series of um, railway viaducts from the 1800s. Um, and when you drive under the first one, the whole Cullen, you know, Cullen Bay opens out in front of you and you can see down into the old sea town and all the um, fishermen's cottages and the big viaduct is there and you can see the sea and on a clear day you can see over to Caithness and Sutherland. So... To me, it's just that amazing, you know, it's the sea view and, and it, it, it's not a place just to drive through. It's, it's you know, somewhere that you should stop and get out and have a walk about and explore it. So, yeah. And I think actually when you're driving along the coast road, um, if you look from Cullen to Fraserburgh, Cullen is one of the only places that you actually drive through that's by, you know, the road takes you right by the sea and you, you see the sea. A lot of it is slightly inland. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Am I right in thinking Cullen's also part of the Northeast 250 route? Yes, that's right. So we're lucky that we sit on that route. Um, and again, the Northeast 250 is giving people a, a, a new reason to come to Cullen or to come to the Northeast. Um, and 
you know we are we do, we are i think every year it's growing a bit more and we you know pe- mm-hmm. more people are mentioning that they they're doing the northeast 250 i think as well a lot of what we we see in cullen it's people coming to walk and it's not just people going for a walk up the beach and back from one end to the other it, it's people who walk in the coast path i mean you can walk right along all of the you know the coast path um, so a lot of people come to Cullen and park up for the day and disappear off and, you know, do a massive circular route and hopefully find their way back at the end. <laughs> um, but walking is, I think, one of the key things that people are doing. Yeah. You've covered a few of the coastal villages now. Uh, and in your role, you, you talk about Banff, Macduff, Fraser Brown, Peterhead. You live in Cullen, you have family in Bucky. So that, that's touching on quite a lot of the mm-hmm. coastal villages. If you had a spare afternoon to go and wander and, and do something, where would be your favourite place? Could you pinpoint a destination that you think is iconic for this area? Yeah, it's difficult when, when you think about it. But for me, um, or if I always think about it when we have visitors coming to stay and where would I absolutely have to take them? And that place is Crivy. That's my absolute favourite place along the coast in terms of all the villages and I mean there's no shops there's you know nowhere to eat there or anything but Crivy is somewhere that I didn't I feel ashamed to say I didn't actually I knew it was in Scotland before I moved up here but I didn't know where it was and you always used to see it in guidebooks or if you looked for some reason I always look every year when calendars come out like the Scotland ones Mm -hmm. and you'd look on the back and there would always be this picture of Crivy but I didn't know where it was so when we first moved up we would be out exploring every weekend just to see what was along the coast and then we'd been I think we'd been to Macduff and we'd been at Tarlair at the old swimming pool and then I thought I'd saw the sign for Gardenstown and we thought oh well we'll carry on there and then when you get to Gardenstown there's a sign for Crivy and I was like that can't be Crivy and then and then it was yeah the Crivy um, and we saw we followed the signs, and then we got to the car park where the viewpoint is, which is, and that's the view that I'd seen all these years on these calendars and guidebooks and stuff. And to actually think that this place is twenty five minutes along the road from me, so Crivy is where I would go. And we always have to go and park at the viewpoint, and then either walk. There's an, a new clifftop path from the viewpoint back to Gardenstown, and then you zigzag down through Gardenstown, and then walk around the bottom of the cliff to Crivy and back so we always that's what we always do but whenever I think about going somewhere if it's coastal I always like to go to Crivy yeah that's definitely my number one I still haven't been there I've been to Gardenstown and Pennant which flank it on either side yes yeah but I haven't been to Crivy yeah it's just something about it and when you when you walk down into it and then you know the the old fishermen's cottages are right literally on the the edge of the sea and there's a narrow path and you just walk up and you can't you can't get to the village or right along the village in the car and to think that that's where people lived I mean I think there's only one or two people live there full time now the rest Mm -hmm. is holiday cottages but it's just an amazing place it really it's definitely worth definitely worth going to I have to make another effort to go there yeah no it's really i just there's just something about it and there's there's some lovely benches right by there's a little jetty out into the sea and and you can just sit there for hours and every time i've been it's always been sunny maybe it's always sunny I don't, no, don't tell people the sun shines <laughs> in scotland <laughs> it rains yeah. every day <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners to the podcast 
I do have another favourite place. I okay. could maybe mention that, um, which is is inland, which is strange for me because normally my number one thing would be to go to the coast, but it's Haddo Country Park. That's I, I don't know why. I just it, uh, it's not an obsession, but I absolutely love going to Haddo Country Park. So you've got uh, the historic Haddo House there, and lots of nice historic buildings. You've got a formal garden there, which is absolutely beautiful all year round. Um, and then the country park as well. So that I, that's also one of the places that I would always, if I've got time, would take people to mm-hmm. is Haddo Country Park. I think it's it's just an amazing place and, you know, it's really worth visiting. I was reading in the National Trust magazine just yesterday that Haddo is the location of one of the ancient species of trees. Yes. So I think it's one of 80-odd, 86, I think, different ancient trees that are on National Trust properties. And one or two of them are at Haddo House. Yeah. In my old role at Visit Aberdeenshire, I I think I was very lucky because I was out and about all the time. So I've got to to explore, I suppose, so many more places than I would have done just having evenings and weekends to do it. But Haddo, for some reason, the first time I went there, just... There's something about it that just feels really special every time I go there. So, yeah, that would be my other place. But Seaside always comes first. And officially, Cullen is number one. Of course, yes. (laughs) I live there, so, you know. You have to. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much for taking time to speak to us today. It's been really interesting to hear your views on Peterhead and also some of the amazing postal towns that we have. And I hope this gives people some inspiration for planning their next visits. And like I mentioned, uh, there will be information on the blog posts that coincide with these podcasts. (laughs) Thank you very much.